When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 198. This episode is brought to you by our friends at unitstudy.com. If you're looking for an enjoyable way to dive into fun and interesting topics with multiple kids at the same time, it's a really great way to simplify your homeschooling, then you need to look into unit studies. Now you could create your own unit study. We did that so many times in the past and it was very rewarding and we loved it. We crafted our learning around a certain topic that we wanted to study. But if you want all the work done for you, check out our friends at unitstudy.com. If you go to 41more.com forward slash unit study, it will take you to the weekly specials. And these specials run anywhere from 25% off to 40% off to 60% off or more. So go ahead and check them out at 41more.com forward slash unit study and start enjoying your homeschool again. Welcome to episode 198. Today we're answering a question that I've seen a lot with homeschool moms through the years and online recently. And this question is, what do you do if curriculum isn't working for you mid-year? You know, like it's January or February, March, somewhere around there when you're listening to this episode. And if you're kind of thinking, okay, we bought some stuff. We tried it in the fall. It was kind of rough. We, you know, we made it through past Christmas. And now I'm wondering, am I allowed to switch? Am I allowed to quit? Do I have to finish it? I paid a lot of money for it. You know, maybe I really should eke it out and we'll all cry every day while we're doing this, but we're still going to use the curriculum, right? So the question is, what do you do if curriculum isn't working for you, especially, you know, mid-year when you're in the middle of it? The beauty is, you know, if your kids were in a traditional classroom setting and something wasn't working for them, I mean, you might get to talk to the teacher and have some accommodations or figure out a plan, but you know, most times they're just going to have to deal with it. But in homeschooling, you don't have to, you can make changes and you've only got this one child using it, or maybe a couple, if you're doing like a group subject and here's the bottom line, you don't have to finish it. Sometimes as homeschool moms, especially if we spent money on something, we feel like we have to get our money's worth, but your money's worth isn't worth it. If you guys are struggling every day, if it's frustrating, if your kids hate school because you're making them finish this terrible curriculum. So no, you don't have to finish it. It's okay to toss, toss. I mean, we've even done this where we've read books. I've done a read aloud with my youngest in the last year. And there was some book that I can't even remember the title and I won't trash the book because I think it's supposed to be like a class or something that everyone loves. And we started reading it and I was like, this is awful. And I said, do you want to finish it? And she's like, nope. And I said, neither do I. And we just stopped. You know, you don't have to finish things. 
If they're terrible, if they're not working for you, you don't have to finish it. So that's, that's answer number one. If, if something's not working, no, you don't have to finish it. But then the question becomes, okay, well then what do we do? We still have to keep doing math or we have to still keep doing language arts or whatever the subject is. So let me give you a few actionable strategies for what you can do instead. So if you're transitioning from a more traditional approach, or maybe your kids were doing online work and it's just not working and you say, I don't want to finish. I want you to consider using unit studies and living books. If you already weren't using that approach, most of the time, this is going to solve the problem because you'll be able to tailor it to your kids' needs. It'll be more interesting instead of a dry, boring textbook or an online teacher that is just taking too long to watch a certain class. You can actually learn a lot and teach your kids independence, teach them how to be lifelong learners. How do you look stuff up? How do you research? How do you pick a huge pile of books from the library on this topic and learn all you can? And this is where something even like notebooking will be very useful to you because if you use living books, they're, they're way more interesting. And then you're probably like, well, do I have to have a workbook? Do my kids have to answer questions? No, they can be engaged learners themselves by using something like notebooking. And remember, if you go to our friends at notebooking pages at 41more.com forward slash notebooking, there are 3000 free pages for you to use and try and see if you love it. And they also have a notebooking quick start guide where it will explain the whole process of how notebooking works. But this is an amazing approach to most subjects, especially in K through eight. And I know some people use it even through high school, which is amazing. And we use notebooking all the time throughout K through eight, especially. And it was a great way to keep everyone engaged, use any resource that you wanted to and be able to teach multiple ages together. So that's what I would say. Try unit studies and living books and even notebooking and see if that doesn't help you guys finish out the year at least, and then you can make a new decision for next year. Now, most subjects in K through eight can be handled in a very natural way. Obviously, math, I would argue, is maybe an exception. I know some people, you know, learn math very organically. I've always liked to be very traditional in math with a math workbook because I just I just feel like I want my kids to have that solid traditional math foundation, but you might not agree with me and that's fine. But I would say most subjects except math can be handled in a very natural way with books, experiences, documentaries, projects, all of those things, right? And that's why I say unit studies and living books is a great way to teach those subjects in K through eight. Now, if math is your nemesis and that's what not is what is not working, I know you don't necessarily want to buy a whole new math program mid-year, although maybe you just should. But if you want to do something for free where at least you can finish out the year, I would say try something like khanacademy.org. That's K-H-A-N, khanacademy.org. It's totally free. But even if you don't use their lessons on there, you know, they have every level of math all the way from kindergarten through high school. But at least if you don't use them, you can see what topics they should master at each grade level. And then you can see if you can pull together resources to finish out the year. So that's what I would say for most of the subjects. And then even for math, if that's the problem area, try Khan Academy just to finish out the year and kind of shore up 
foundational stuff. It's okay not to push through. If your child's doing fifth grade math and they're totally lost, don't feel like, well, we have to finish fifth grade math. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe you do need to go back to what they were supposed to have learned in the fall and shore up, you know, that stuff, that content, because you know, like certain years in math, they, they, you have to know them to be able to move forward. So it's okay to take some time and make sure those foundations are solid. So my first bit of advice is you don't have to finish something if it's not working. Number two, try unit studies in living books. If you haven't used this approach already, see if you can finish out the year like that. And then number three, start researching for next year because if something's not working, you are going to need a different plan. And here's how I would go about researching. First of all, check out our episode 133 with Dr. Kathy Cook, where she discussed the eight smarts and how you know, every child has a preferred learning style. They have their strengths and their weaknesses. And in homeschooling, the cool thing is that we can adjust our teaching to our children and the best, the way they learn best. So if you were trying to do this really traditional approach with workbooks and filling out tons of worksheets and using a textbook and your child is a kinesthetic learner, you know, they probably were frustrated. So that's what I'm saying is you need to kind of know how your kids learn and see if you can find an approach that will fit them. So listen to that episode at 41more.com forward slash 133. Another thing I would say is take time to read a few great books for your professional development, and it might open your eyes to other ways of homeschooling that you may not have considered. Um, on episode 86, we talked to Ainsley Arment, who is the founder of the Wild and Free Homeschooling Movement, and it's a breath of fresh air. If you've never read her book or heard her speak, check out episode 86. I already mentioned the eight smarts. We talked about that on episode 133. And then on episode 62, so you could go to 41more.com forward slash 62. We talked about passion-driven education and we talked to Connor Boyack about his book titled Passion-Driven Education. This is another great way to just expand your thinking about how homeschooling can look. It might not look like the public school and it probably shouldn't look like it because they have such a cookie cutter approach and you don't have to do that. You can break free and find what works best for your kids. So do a little bit of professional development, get some inspiration that way, figure out your kids' learning styles. And then if you want to start figuring out curriculum options, listen to Kathy Duffy's interview we had on episode 116 and check out her site, kathyduffyreviews.com, because she walks readers through the process of figuring out their preferences in terms of philosophy of education, learning styles, goal setting. She has tons of help on her site for narrowing down the best curriculum and resources for your kids for each subject, for learning styles, all of it. So definitely check that out. And then be sure to head over to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 198, because I have a really great download for you called curriculum questions. And it gives you about nine specific questions to work through to narrow down what will be a better option for your kids. So definitely download that for free in the show notes. And then the last bit of advice I would give you if you're saying, okay, my curriculum isn't working, it's mid-year, what in the world do I do? I would say, finally, keep your kids naturally learning and progressing. Even if you change the, you know, focus a little bit, you know, you lay off the workbooks or you lay off the certain curriculum that you were using, keep them learning though, figure out what's a good fit. Don't be afraid to 
you know, let them learn differently than what you were doing before. Let them keep progressing. That's your goal as a homeschool mom. Let them keep learning and don't let go of those expectations. Because if you totally let your school year devolve into, we're just playing Minecraft all day, (laughs) that's probably not going to be easy to break off from when you want to start up school again in the fall. Now I know my really avid you know, unschoolers will be like, well, that's perfectly fine. That's all my kids do all day. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of have an issue with that. So that's me personally. Maybe you're going to, you're going to totally disagree with me and that's fine. But I would say, keep some expectations on there that they're going to be reading every day and they're going to be working on stuff and naturally progressing, change it up a little bit, but don't let all your expectations go out the window because I'm just going to say, I think that's going to be hard to pick them back up again when you try to start fresh again in the fall. But the bottom line is you can do what you need to do as a homeschool mom. You never have to feel tied to the curriculum. Even if it's working for you, you don't have to feel tied to it. You don't have to feel tied to the curriculum schedule. You don't have to feel tied to anyone's expectations for you. I mean, obviously following the law and what's required where you live, but you have the flexibility and freedom to change things up, to stop things mid-year, to make a change because you're trying to meet your kids' needs. And that's the benefit of homeschooling. They don't have to finish the year with a crummy curriculum if it's just not working for them. So I hope that helps some of you if you're in that in that spot right now of feeling really frustrated, give yourself the freedom to let something go, make some changes and finish out the year and just follow through a few of those steps that we mentioned and see if that doesn't help you get a better start for next year with a fresh resource that actually fits your kids' learning styles and read a few books for professional development to give yourself a little bit of inspiration about what your homeschooling could look like and it'll maybe give you the confidence you need to make those changes. All right, thanks for joining us today. Remember to check out the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 198. In the meantime, happy homeschooling.